0: Hey, everybody. It's Ron Johnson, and this is Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it's a Friday. It's a rainy Friday. As you can tell by Sam sitting out in the rain, he's super dedicated to the show because the show must go on rain, sleet, or shine. Hopefully the sun comes out later today, but we got to talk about the Gophers, the Twins, the Timberwolves. There's so much sports going on right now, and then, of course, we got Taylor Swift, not the Vikings. Taylor Swift is more important. No, we're going to talk about the Vikings, too, people. Just just calm down. I know I know. Julia really wants to talk about Taylor Swift today. But we got to get locked in on this show. So what you got for us, Sam?
2: Yeah, as you can see, I've got the, the car seats. I've got the steering wheel action going on over here. But I'm still here to talk sports. I'm here to talk Vikings and a, dare I say, must-win game
3: on Sunday.
4: The Timberwolves hosted Media Day yesterday. We'll break down what was said.
3: Yeah, a week from today, guys, the Twins are going to be done with round one of the playoffs for good or bad. Let's dive into some predictions on whether or not they'll finally get that monkey off their back and advance in the postseason.
0: And the Minnesota Gophers. Tough loss to a team called Northwestern. It's so quiet in Northwestern. The team playing them this week, Penn State, has decided to practice with no music because they're like, let's get ready for this quiet. I've said this numerous times. Northwestern will lull you to sleep. But how do the Gophers bounce back? I got a chance to sit down with Jack Henderson this week. We will air that next week. Gophers, great safety right now who's playing the nickel. So he's in next in line after Tyler Newber moves on to the NFL. So we'll talk about the Gophers and what's coming up next for them. But I want you guys to know this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at Jace Medical.com. That's J-A-S-E-Medical.com. Well, we got to jump into this show. So, Sam, with no further ado, take it away.
2: Yeah, I'm not really a panic button guy. I don't like to press the panic button after two losses. Not even even three losses am I willing to mail in the season. But if the Vikings start 0-4, it might be over because the Chiefs are next. And then you're 0-5, maybe. And at that point, you are literally in the draft pick tankathon thon mode. And I don't want that to be the case. And I think this is a Minnesota Vikings must win on Sunday against a Carolina team that is much less serious than any of the teams the Vikings have faced thus far. Tampa Bay at least had a serviceable defense. They had good receivers. The Eagles are obviously conference champions. They're legit. The Chargers have an elite quarterback, elite receivers. They have a lot of good pieces. All of these teams are, are very good that the Vikings have lost to so far. This would be a cataclysmic loss to go to a Carolina team that had the overall number one pick. They're 0-3. They haven't been that close. They've you know had to mix and match their quarterbacks already because of injuries. Don't know if Bryce Young is 100%. And this is a team that could easily sell guys at the deadline and try to amass draft capital. This is not a team that's going to make the playoffs. If the Vikings lose this game, then I'm in panic mode and I'm not a panic mode guy. So I don't want to get there, but I'm, I'm declaring this a must win game <laughs> on Sunday. What do you guys think?
4: Dude. Yeah, I, I would have to say I agree with everything that you just said. Uh, This is a must win. I think people are going to start asking for heads if they go 0-4. And and then obviously there's a real strong potential to go 0-5 with the Chiefs coming in. Whether they're at home or not, we know that that doesn't matter. Um, I I will say I really want to see if they go 0-4 Kevin O'Connell, I think everyone has been talking this week about how he was the most firm he's ever been, saying other guys are going to do it when it comes to ball security or we're going to put, put guys in that have ball security. That's the most firm that we've ever heard from him. And as an NFL coach, I would like to see more of that. Uh, I'd like to see him get mad. I'd like to see him not just say, well, I take all the blame for this. And granted, some of that play calling um, on Sunday was his fault. But um, – I want to see him holding his guys accountable. And I think that that will be maybe a factor in in seeing some, some success here in the near future.
3: Yeah, it's absolutely do or die territory they're in this week in Carolina versus a team that both of you guys mentioned. Like, you should have all the opportunities in the world to come out and get get some confidence back. Get your swag rolling again. Get that monkey off your back finally. And Sam, you nailed it. Like you look at the Panthers, they're 0 3 as well. They're clearly one of those three or four teams in rebuild mode right now with a rookie quarterback. They're trying to groom him, develop him, not so much for the now, but for the future. So everyone knows they can be had right now, especially in the early going of the season this is only Bryce Young's third start ever in the league he missed last week they plugged in Andy Dalton so to be totally honest too he he just doesn't have the weapons right now to do the things he was brought in to do quite yet so it's a classic get right game for the Vikes who as we all know they're not a bad team per se I mean some of the stats they put up offensively specifically are among the best in the league. They got some premier talent at premium positions in their prime right now. J.J., Hawk, the two tackles. So we all know the issues by now. It's not a lack of talent. It's no secret, though. You just got to stop shooting yourself in the foot. Enough with the sloppy turnovers. That's always going to be one of the biggest factors in football. When you look back at the stat sheet on Monday morning, start to dissect why one team is winning and one team is losing. Just clean up the mistakes versus a bad Carolina team and get that monkey off the back finally. And start to change the demeanor a little bit in the locker room and around TCO. Start to build a little confidence versus the Chiefs in week five. And who knows? Anything can happen in the National Football League.
0: Uh, Here's where I go with this. The Vikings, it is a must win. Uh, The sky is going to fall if they lose. And here's why. This is the best, worst team in the NFL. When you look at every other team that's 0-3, you got the Panthers, you got the Bears, and you got the horrible, horrible Broncos. And then you got the Minnesota Vikings. The Minnesota Vikings are the best of the worst teams. They're even better when you look at the Rams offensively. You look at... Uh, the Buccaneers offensively, you look at some of these one win teams in the Jets offensively. The Vikings are the third best team in the NFL when it comes to offensive production. The problem is defensively, they've given up the 6th most amount of yards in the NFL, the 6th most. So we talked about if Brian Flores can make this a top 15, even top 20 defense. This team should be able to win games. I think that still holds true. But turnovers historically losing six turnovers in the first two games it hadn't happened in like 20 years or something so when you think about where this team is like you're good you're winning games but you can't find a way to close them out and I think that's the problem this is the best worst team in the NFL last year vice versa they were the worst best team compared to everybody saying like you know, points for, points against, and all this other crap, DVOA, whatever metrics you want to use, the Minnesota Vikings' offense is one of the best, and they can't find a way to win games. This is a must-win game for the simple fact that the Carolina Panthers have not won. Bryce Young hasn't got his first win as an NFL starter. Uh, To be a rookie, he's probably going to play. Brian Flores, if you can't get a rookie to turn the ball over, it's going to be a problem. If the Vikings can't hold on to the ball, and this comes down to the end once again— it, yeah tank tank mode is is in full effect i think because then yeah the chiefs zero five and then you got the bears who you might lose to at that point because you're just mentally out of it so this is a must win if you just want to feel like you can kind of get back into this because i feel like the packers and the lions, the lions have clearly set themselves as the best team in the nfc north now everybody else has to figure out how to get them back to the pack because they got to play the lions twice that looks like two losses now it literally looks like two losses. So this is this is a tough stretch. Uh, when you win the division, you know you get tough games. But these haven't been tough, and that's the problem. These games have all been winnable, and the Vikings just can't seem to find a way. Well, we got to move on. Um, we got to talk about the prop bets. I mean, even though there's a game coming, we might not be super happy about, you know, the Vikings record and, and woe is me and every. I mean, the rain literally is the Vikings' tears. Vikings fans' tears today finally got released And this is what we have. Like, I would love to see, like, the Chiefs fans' tears because it's probably nice and sunny right now in Kansas City. But in Minnesota, it's all the tears being released. Finally, everybody can just have a good cry, sit back with some hot chocolate and some marshmallows and some whipped cream. That's what I'm doing today. Uh, And just sit by the fire, grab a blanket, and just kind of, like, relax. And go into the weekend hoping the Vikings can beat the Panthers. But we got to talk about these uh, FanDuel locks. So I'm going to start it off with you, Luke. Uh, what's a FanDuel lock you're most excited about or you want the fans to know about?
3: Yeah, I know a lot of times when it comes to, you know, throwing some FanDuel bets now. it's easy to get in your head. You start to overthink things a little bit. I'm here to remind everybody, though, Justin <laughs> Jefferson has put up 149 yards or more in every game this season. And I know you see that big triple-digit number on FanDuel right now. You probably get a little spooked, a little cold feet going on. Most of the time, even the best wideouts in the league, they're over-under for yardage total. Sits around 80 to 90 yards. I get why over 102 feels like a lot but that's still 50 less yards than what he's averaging this year and the fact they're zero and three we just talked about it they're going to be forced to pull out all the stops sunday i'm more confident than ever they're going to decide to lean on their best players to get where they need to go so JJ's going to be that type of guy he could have over 100 yards by halftime i say hammer that over jj 102.5 yards this week with me mm, julia
4: i picked the first touchdown score as um my bet. I'd say Adam Thielen, first touchdown mm. scorer. I, I think uh, against his former team, it's a good bet. Uh, I think it's plus 1,300 for him right now, uh, should that happen. I also would say Alexander Madison, if they're going to come out uh, with the run game like they did this past week, uh, it's about time for him to see end zone if, if they have success with that against this uh, Panther defense. Um, and then, of course, on the same thing, I would say Jordan Addison. I feel like. Um, so pretty good backs, plus 1300 for that as well. And, um, I feel like he's delivered every week uh, in the past two weeks for just a touchdown in the game. Um, so that would be mine.
2: Yeah. Hear me out on this one. So there was something I watched all <laughs> mini camp and OTAs when Jefferson wasn't there, Addison was hurt. There was a guy in the first team, who is the motion guy, and they used him on jet sweeps, and they used him on little quicks. There's Brandon Powell. Brandon Powell has barely been used in the offense. I think he has one catch. But I think the Vikings are desperate to figure something out in the red zone. They got to convert touchdowns. They got to get the ball in the end zone. I think we're going to see maybe something different, maybe a little gimmick play, a jet sweep kind of motion with Brandon Powell scoring in any time touchdown i don't have the odds in front of me but i gotta believe that's a juicy price lay down 10 win something like 200 on brandon powell
0: td score for brandon powell plus 1700 okay Ooh. so right. 10 bucks people get you 170 10 bucks get you 170 so that's an easy one to bet on 10 dollars, and if brandon powell scores you're hey you're having drinks on you for the weekend mm-hmm mine i'm gonna go with a simple one i'm kind of over like overdoing it i'm gonna go simple this week um it's not easy though it's simple but it's not easy i think the vikings should win every quarter i'm gonna go we uh, there's over 524 people have placed that bet so far today plus 1900 for the minnesota vikings to win the first quarter win the second quarter win the third quarter and win the fourth quarter That's $10 will get you $190.10. I'm gonna go that route. I'm gonna say the Minnesota Vikings, this should not be a game that's close. This should not be a game that we're in the fourth quarter sitting on our hands. I feel like they should be able to win every single quarter. They should have walk away every defensive strategy or sorry, every defensive series with the Panthers coming away with a field goal only. And the Vikings, like Sam said, converting in the red zones the key. Also holding on to the ball. Uh, uh, Dalton Reisner sounds like he's going to get a little bit of run this week. I think Kevin O'Connell says he kind of wants to get him in there. And so if, the, if there's any other game to do it, this is the one before you have to go play the chiefs. And so I'm looking for some red zone push, maybe some jet sweep, but I think Alexander Madison, I picked him on vikings.com to be my uh, lottery player. Cause I feel like in the red zone this week or in the, in the, uh, you know, quote unquote five and in there's no tush push with the Vikings. They're going to give it to Alexander uh, Madison running right up Dalton Reisner's butt and let Dalton Reisner do what he does, which is push people over. Uh, So that's mine. Uh, We're we're going to talk about the Timberwolves. I know Julia Daniels uh, was at Timberwolves uh, Media Day. I I got a chance to hang out with Tim Connolly the other night. So that was fun to get his insight on the team. Uh, I got a chance to meet, um, uh, what is it, Nikhil Walker, uh, Alexander. Um, Yep is it alexander walker or walker alexander alexander walker alexander right? walker yeah yeah so i got a chance to hang out with him as well he and i chatted talking about his trade from the jazz mid-season at the trade deadline and how he really wants to find a spot tim donnelly and i talked about um uh you know where gilchrist or sorry gilchrist that's his cousin uh, alexander can be um and so we're gonna talk about that by the way I, I had a drink or two. I know Tim had a drink or two. So some of the stuff he and I talked about, I'm not going to bring it up today because uh, I know it wasn't. It for the it wasn't, book. Save I wasn't a, a media question. member. Yeah, I'm going to say for my book. I wasn't a media <laughs> member at that moment. He and I were just like, we we have friends that are co- mutual friends now. So it's kind of cool to, to, to interact with them in that capacity. But from a basketball standpoint, he gave me some good stuff about Cat, where he falls. Uh, Anthony, um, ah, Ant. Uh, Edwards where he falls and so we're going to talk about that as well as media day with you Dance. before we do that though we have a read from uh Jace Medical
3: yeah thanks Ron quick reminder this episode is brought to you by Jace Medical life throws plenty of curveballs at us that's why the Jace case is out there providing you with five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use giving you the peace of mind you've got access to the right medication on hand whenever you need it with the Jace case. Jace case is simple. They handle the evaluation process. They've got licensed pharmacy medication delivery to your doorstep, along with the consultations and care when you need it. Save over $360 by getting these life saving antibiotics with Jace Medical Plus. Save an additional $20 when you use the code LOCKED ON. That's one word, LOCKED ON at checkout over at JASEMedical.com. J A S E Medical.com. Use the promo code LOCKED ON for the peace of mind when you need it.
0: Well, now we got to jump into this Timberwolves conversation, Julia. You were at media day. Take it away.
4: Yeah, so uh, media day just works where Tim Connolly goes up and he talks to media, and then Chris Finch comes up, and then the players. Um, so Tim Connolly obviously first. His main point was winning a playoff series. They want to be taken seriously, um, and he talked about Square One. That's taking themselves seriously, um, and then all of the rest of the conversations that I was, I were there, I was there for followed suit with that, how they plan on doing that. And the main conversation that I picked up on was just the maturity of this team. Um, when you have Rudy and Kyle Anderson getting in a fight on the sideline and then immediately following that, Jade McDaniels punches a wall and breaks his hand. Um, that was a point that they, they talked about the fact that they've got to get along better. They have to respect each other behind the scenes. Um, and and I think that that will translate well onto the court they also talked about how they didn't really get their twin towers aspect going because Cat missed 90 plus games last year with injury. And they're hoping um, to build team chemistry in that sense. And, and Rudy talked about getting to know Cat better, not only as a player, but as a person. And um, they seem to be getting along really well, becoming friends off the court was something that they talked about. Um, obviously, I think another thing that people really took away from the end of the season in the playoff series. And also with the world cup is Ant's abilities that we knew he had, um, but him being consistent in, in his play and his playing at the level that he played in the world cup. And also uh, in that playoff series against Denver and Chris Finch just said, you know, that will come down to him creating habits that are consistent that go with that consistency. So Overall, it was just like they wish that they were kind of going into year two with a little bit more experience with the team as a whole. Um, so they kind of feel like they're starting back at square one again because Cat missed so much last season. So they said that their main focus right now is is their team chemistry uh, and training camp starts today.
0: Mm. Sam?
2: Yeah, I, I'm struck continually by how well Anthony Edwards handles stardom and attention, and he never seems jealous of Carl Anthony Towns or Rudy Gobert. You know the, the the situation with other highly paid guys on the team. He just wants to win, um, and he, like Justin Jefferson, just handles fame very well. He says all the right things. He endears himself to the fan base. I'm sure we're all going to see him saying "sensational" a million times going forward. I don't know if people saw that on Twitter, but how is it wearing number five, Ant? Sensational. That's fantastic. I love it. Um, I am – Julia nailed it. The story of the year is how the two big men play together. That's like the long and the short of it right there. If you play the way you did in the first 20, 30 games last year, it's going to be more of the same, more disappointment. But they have a chance to kind of have a mulligan on this one. Like they – you know, Connolly chose to keep this team together. No major trades. They're running it back. They have a chance to accomplish this year what they – wanted to accomplish, and expected to accomplish last year. And a lot of times you don't get that chance in the NBA when so much player movement happens. This is really the same team that we went into last year with, and maybe even a couple extra pieces that are even more exciting. So I'm I'm looking forward to the season. I'm back on the bandwagon. Uh, I'm no longer sour about the way things went with Gobert <laughs> last year. I am ready to give him another chance because of the bigness of my heart. I Come on, Rudy. Come on back. Come on back and, and be a good player for us. I appreciate you.
0: Uh, one thing I'll say is, I got a chance to go to Tim Connolly's uh, event, and I uh, was invited uh, by a friend of mine that's a friend of his. Their kids go to the same school. And so, being able to kind of stay late, talk to Tim, uh, talk to Nikhil, uh, but mainly Tim, like he talked about Anthony Edwards' ability to be a star. And Anthony Edwards talked about his ability to be a football player. Like it was just, it was really cool to see Anthony Edwards kind of let the guard down. Um, I think when you're in a circle of people, you feel like you can kind of trust, you know, Martin Nance was there. Gabe Henderson was there um, and it was a small group of us. But just hearing the conversations about, you know, like Nikhil's ability to be one of the top defenders. And he didn't. And Tim Conley didn't say this in front of um, Alexander Walker. Um, he was just kind of saying this to us. But I'm pretty sure it, when he gets asked this question moving forward, it's going to come out. But, you know, we kind of say like this kid has the ability to be one of the best defenders in the league, uh, but he just has to, to figure that out. And then when you talk about him being you know, down the stretch a starter in the playoffs, where's his role fit? Like, Does he understand that Anthony Edwards is the guy, Carl Anthony Towns is a guy? And then you take those shots after the fact. I think that was one of the reasons with D'Lo is D'Lo didn't like to defer. And now you have a bunch of guys that are willing to defer. And even like you said, Sam, I like how you put that, that Anthony Edwards is willing to defer to, to Carl Anthony Towns. And I think that's going to be the key is Carl Anthony Towns, the ball should go through him, but he has to know – don't jump over people. Don't do weird stuff. Don't get charges. If you're getting doubled, kick it back out and understand where that role fits. Rudy Gobert is going to be the question mark for me. I know, Sam, you want him back. Um, that's always going to be my question mark is how does he fit in this offense? Mm-hmm. I, I feel like with the Twin Towers, quote-unquote, if you go back to like Olajuwon and you go back to like Tim Duncan and, and and Robinson, they they both had a role. You know, they both could do the same things. They both could be in the post. They both can go high-low. Whereas Rudy Gobert, I feel like it's a little bit limited. Like he doesn't have a true jump shot. So he's kind of like his his range is not, he can't spread it out like Carly Towns can, like a Tim Duncan can with the like backboard shot, uh, like a a, a David Robinson can Same thing with that lefty off the backboard. You don't see Rudy Gobert really doing that. So I think it's the key is how can they figure out what he does best to make this team work. But I I, I do have high hopes for this team. Uh, I, I think if everybody's healthy and I got this from Michael Grady as well, he was there. Uh, this is a top five team. Like, I think this is a top five team. We said that when they got Rudy Gobert, the problem is, do they believe they're a top five, top four team, playoff wise? So they don't have to run into the Nuggets again <clears throat> as a seventh or eighth seed or be in the play in game. Uh, cause that wasn't fun. <laughs> um, let's time to move on to the twins and their playoff series. Luke, take it
3: away. All right, guys. Stop me if you heard this one, but the last <laughs> time the twins have won a playoff game. 2004, the last time they won a playoff series, 2002. So can they finally do it? Can they get that monkey off the back for the first time in 20 years? I'm not bold enough to say whether they're going to win or lose by this time next week, finally get that monkey off their back. But I will say this team is without a doubt the best playoff team they've had in their last few runs in the postseason. So I think it's more than fair for fans to feel good and be you know, excited about their chances, just knowing that they've not only got the players but they got the depth on their side as well on both sides of the ball, pitching and in the lineup. Maybe more importantly than all that, though, When it comes to October baseball, a lot of times it's just about who's playing their best entering October, entering the postseason. And without a doubt, the Twins have not only been one of the hottest teams since the All-Star break. Remember, they were a sub-500 team in July, but they've been one of the hottest teams in the entire league in September, specifically 16-8 and record this month with three to play. First, the worst team in baseball now with Colorado coming up. So... Between riding this hot streak and this wave of momentum, and then the fact they should get their two biggest staples back, Royce Lewis, Carlos Correa, in time for game one, I certainly think that if they're ever going to finally snap this postgame losing streak, this is the team that's going to do it. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, I am am so bold as to say that by this time, next Friday, we will be talking about a two-game sweep by the Minnesota Twins. Let's go! (laughs) Pablo Lopez and Sonny Gray are going to bring their best stuff. I think the pitching is going to win it for them. I don't know if I can safely say the offense is going to put up a big number, but I can safely say that this starting staff and this bullpen is going to deliver. That's what I'm hanging my hat on. That's what separates this Twins team from other Twins playoff teams of the past is a pitching staff that seems robust with the starting pitching the middle relief the back end of the bullpen and it's all coming together right now key guys coming back from injury as well with paddock and brock stewart who can contribute for you so i am super optimistic which of course is the kiss of death and is only going to lead to a major letdown for me
0: sure, yeah. uh,
4: i'm gonna agree with luke i'm gonna go uh i'm not gonna call anything quite yet i mean we don't know i mean houston is what it's Looking like today, but also I think Texas and Seattle, or yeah, Texas and Seattle have a four-game series that started yesterday, so that's still up in the air. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make any guesses about anything. I will say though, I, I agree with you, Sam. In in, in Sunny and Pablo, we trust, right? Mm-hmm. In the those first two games, the only hesitation I have is because they rely on so many young guys that have never been on this stage before I think it can be intimidating and baseball is a very mental game so that would be my only hesitation in saying "Mm, maybe they can't get the bats going when it comes to the playoff Um, but yeah I say this is the year that they get at least a win right in the series so I, I will say that I'm confident in that for sure
0: I think it depends on who they play, and this is one quick question for before I jump into my take. Like Julia, you're right. They started their four game series last night, or you sorry, yesterday. The Mariners actually had a ninth inning comeback win. They got two runs in the bottom of the ninth to beat the Texas Rangers three to two. They stunned them in the ninth. They thought they had this thing two to one going to the bottom of the ninth, and they lost. So if the Mariners were to win two more it changes everything. Like, it change, the Astros possibly jump into the one spot, and then the uh, Mariners jump ahead of the Rangers, and the Rangers are out. So there's a lot that goes into this. But if you were the Twins right now, who would you rather play, the Mariners, the Rangers, or the uh, Astros? I'll go with you, Sam, first.
2: Um, I've been waffling on this point for a while now because I think the, the Astros maybe don't have the strongest resume Uh, this season, but they are the Astros. They're World Series champions with that core. They're perennial, you know, playoff contenders. They have guys that know how to win in October, and that does make me nervous. Remember, the Twins hosted the Astros in 2020 in the playoffs, and it was kind of a similar situation where the Astros were a little down that year, but in the playoffs, they turned it on. They flipped the switch, and they swept the Twins in that series, and I worry about the same thing happening. Texas is red hot right now. Um, I don't know if I want to face them, even though the Twins had their number this year. Seattle has been slumping a bit of late. Um, So it might be Seattle that I prefer Mm -hmm. to play, to be honest with you. Um, But like you said, Ron, it could be any of those three going into this final weekend. So it's super, super up in the air. I'm nervous about all of them in some way, too. And they're probably going to have a better record than the Twins. Let's be honest (laughs) about that, too, based on uh, how it currently stands.
0: Julia.
4: Yeah, I would say Seattle is is who seems the least intimidating of the mm-hmm. three for sure. Um, but, yeah, the Astros, you just never know. But I would say if, if Seattle's going to – if they, like, somehow sweep the series and carry that momentum into something like that, then right. that's – Terrifying as well because yeah. that is huge when it comes to baseball is is getting hot and especially getting like you said, getting hot at the right time. So should that happen, uh yeah, I, w- I would say I would be worried as a, if I was a twins fan for sure.
3: Lucas. Uh, yeah, I think I've asked Sam this question five times this week after his <laughs> postcast. I get a different answer every time because he's right. There's no clear cut, like obvious choice. I'm with you guys. I want to stay away from the Rangers just because they're so red hot right now. I think just being, what, over 20 years since we've, we've actually got this monkey off our back, I think to be the best, you got to beat the best anyways. The Astros aren't as good as we maybe are used to them being. I think there'd be nothing sweeter than to finally snap this long postseason losing streak for the Twins by beating the Astros at home. I think that would be awesome. So give me the Astros. Can't go wrong with the Mariners, though, either way.
0: I'm leaning towards the Mariners just looking at record. You look at their road record. They're 43 and 38, where the Astros are 48 and 30. Mm -hmm. So between those two, I'm kind of leaning towards the Mariners. Also with this Minnesota weather, who knows what they would get having to travel here. Um, and, And so you, 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 but, but. I hope not rain because it always rains in Seattle. So this is like a homecoming for them if they were to be here today. Um, But I I would hope that the weather and being at home and the fans and, and, you know, the Vikings aren't good right now. So a lot of baseball, football slash fans are going to jump over to the twins for this series just because they're like, I mean, other than Taylor Swift coming to town, there's not a lot to be excited about right now if you're a Vikings fan. So I think just the energy, being home. The weather is so unpredictable, so you really don't know what you're going to get next week. Uh, But I'm looking at the Mariners' road, uh, 40, 43 and 38, five and five in their last 10, where the Rangers are hot, seven and three in their last 10. I would want to stay away from the Rangers and the Astros. The Astros cheat too, so coming here, they could say it's freezing cold and they got to wear long sleeves, and then we don't know what's under those long sleeves, helping them. And so that's what we do not want. We don't want any concealing clothing. Uh, within this uh, Astros organization, um, but but I, but I do I would rather the Mariners. I don't know the other two. Um, like you said, the Astros are world champions, and the Rangers are. Uh, my 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 big take too is finish games. I think the Mariners right now are showing people like by them fi- being able to finish that game in the bottom of the ninth. That's going to be the Twins. You have to finish games. Don't think like baseball, softball, like basketball and football. Kind of, you have a big lead. Like if you're the Dolphins and you're up. 70 to 20 on the Broncos you can for sure chill and start having fun on the sideline um uh, 21 point lead for the Gophers so you can't do that but when you when you when you look at baseball it's never over it's never over and so you have to put your foot on their throat you have to close games out you have to come out there and be ready to make the play because one error turns into two two errors turns into three and three errors you're like okay here we go we're, we're really about to lose this and it, be, it, it snowballs to where players are trying too hard and they're making the wrong play they're letting simple ground balls simple fly balls just get out of hand and then you hear the twins fans booing from all the way downtown i can hear it in chanhassen um but we got to move on uh it's time to jump over to the gophers because you got Gopher football gophers are going to play louisiana it's gophers homecoming i'm excited i do have some uh Former Gophers that are going to jump into our postcast just to stop in and and talk about homecoming, the atmosphere of the game. Hopefully a victory. I got Daryl Thompson's one of them, working on a couple others. Uh, Don Barber's out of town, and so he's not going to be able to do it, but I'm going to have maybe one other guy jump in. But Daryl Thompson, for sure, voice of the Gophers, will be joining us on the postcast just to give his quick take on what he thought about the Louisiana game. And can Darius Taylor get the fourth, fourth, Big Ten Freshman of the Week. Hopefully he was healthy because he didn't finish the Northwestern game. But before we jump into that, we have a word from our sponsors.
3: Quick reminder, this episode is also brought to you by DoorDash. And we've been there, guys. Dinner's long gone. The fridge is empty. But you still got the itch for one more meal. That's the perfect time to open the DoorDash app with all your favorite restaurants and grocery stores at your fingertips. You name it, they got it, and it's delivered right to your doorstep, no questions asked. Easy to use, convenient as it gets, and now DoorDash is offering free delivery on all your orders with the Dash Pass membership. What I love the most, without a doubt, is how in-depth and detailed you can get with your orders. DoorDash offers you the peace of mind and ability to customize your order any and every time to your liking to get exactly what you're craving for a limited time get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to $20 value when you use the code LOCKED at checkout that's 50% off up to $20 with no minimum subtotal plus no delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the app store and enter the code LOCKED one more time that's called LOCKED for 50% off your first order with DoorDash terms and conditions apply
0: Well, now it's time to jump into this Gophers conversation as we close the show out. We are going to give you guys a bonus question, so stick around for that. I'm going to give you a hint. It's Taylor Swift. Um, But we got to talk about the Gophers and Louisiana. It's Gophers homecoming. One cool thing I've seen is like videos from Tony Dungy, Mo Ibram, myself, Eric Decker. Like All the Gophers, former players, are sending their love for homecoming. Uh, We had Jack Henderson on, so you guys check that interview out next week. Super fun guy, really, really smart and, and, and on his stuff. And I always thought this was a joke because PJ Fleck bought this up and he said, freshmen always ask him, where is the homecoming dance? And I'm like, there's no way these guys really think there's a home. And Jack Henderson, he, like I can confirm, he thought so too. He's like, I thought there was going to be some type of dance. And I'm like, there are parties, but there's no actual dance. There's no crowning of a homecoming, and homecoming queen, uh, king and queen. Like they, they don't do any of that. But when you look at this homecoming atmosphere really quick, what I'll say is this is a must-win game. And and it, it, if they lose this game, they can still go to a bowl game so the season's not lost, but they're going to lose a lot of support. P.J. Fleck also brought up that this is going to become a A ball club if the NIL supporters don't step up. You got a bunch of Fortune 500 companies in the state, and then they all cry about when this is not a winning program. We look at Bucky Irving going over to Oregon, baller. You look mm-hmm. at guys leaving Trill Carter for money. Like, these guys are leaving the program not because of better opportunity, but because of my Now, Oregon is a better school. They're in the top uh, whatever every year, or at least last recently. Um, ton of gifts from Field Night. Uh, your own national TV a lot. But Bucky Irvin, clearly, you could see he's one of the best running backs in the country, a really dynamic runner. And he should have been here with uh, Darius Taylor II, but because of NIL, we know that was one part of it. He jumped over to Oregon because there was more opportunity. So that's one thing that I'm taking away from this weekend is one, Darius Taylor II is going to have a ridiculous season, but he's also auditioning for every other team that can pay for a six foot one six foot 218 pound running back like that is a battering ram that is a big strong physical running back and he's auditioning right now for these other schools if we don't want to lose him we got to pay him and that's the thing that sucks about this we opened up the floodgates to nil we thought it was a great idea by the way if i was in college i would be loving it right now because i'm looking at some of these commercials and some of the opportunities these guys have Oh, my goodness, I would have been like I would have had the prudential hands or something like I would have done something. I don't know what I would have done, but I would have had me some some NIL. But P.J. Fleck, it is a weird time for him to say it because after two losses, it's like, all right, are you just complaining? Uh, But it's truth. It's it's 100 percent truth that these players that perform well, especially young, like freshmen, sophomores, they're just auditioning for another school because that school is going to somehow reach out to them, whether it's through social media or whatever, and be like, oh, man, we'd pay Darius Taylor get him a Ferrari. Like, we got car dealerships here. Give the boy a car. Give him a car. Like, the drive to the end zone, the drive to the red zone. You could do all kinds of commercials with Darius Taylor. Um, but I'm hoping that they get this corrected. But it is homecoming. Louisiana, uh, raging Cajuns should be a blowout. And if it's not, then fans are going to question it. Um, what do you think about this game coming up with P.J. Flexham?
2: Yeah, well I'll keep this quick in case my connection uh is shoddy, but I, you, you know, you gotta win the game, you gotta win it convincingly and build some confidence going into Michigan. You got a tough big ten schedule this year. Michigan, Ohio State later in the season, Iowa, Wisconsin. You've got some really tough games. And if you don't show some improvement in the next couple, uh with Ethan and the passing game, and obviously the defense has to tighten up. Mm-hmm then you might not be bowl eligible. I mean, you got to really turn things around on a dime fast to get this season back on track and win
3: at least six. I mean, they can absolutely bounce back. They can salvage this thing. It's got to start, though, in my opinion, with what they just do best. they got to get back to what their identity has always been, and that's playing some of the best defense in the country because things are only going to get tougher. Sam just mentioned it as the weeks go by. Michigan, Iowa, Illinois, they end with Ohio State and Wisconsin. That's a gauntlet. I mean, that's a gauntlet type of run they got coming up. So there's just no room anymore for error on that side of the ball. And I think unless they clean up, that first and foremost, kind of tighten up the screws a little bit on what used to be a defense that was notorious for limiting the big plays, getting off the field on third down, they're going to be in some trouble. I mean, North Carolina was like one thing. Okay, Drake, May, okay, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I think a lot of people were willing to give them a, a bit of a pass, kind of gloss over that one. But to come out first Northwestern, give up 21 straight points in the fourth quarter like that, like that's just not like them at all. I mean, last year they gave up 10 plays of 10 yards or more all season. That was top 10 in the nation. This year, they've already given up 55 in four games and 41 in the last two weeks. I mean, just think about that. 41 plays of 10 yards or more in just the last two weeks. That's not them, especially when you think about just Gophers football under PJ Fleck. And they can't get off the field either right now. I mean, last year, they ranked sixth in the country and third down conversions allowed. This year, they ranked, check this out, 128th So I know it's a small sample size, but it's not just a few bad plays here or there. It's been drive after drive, game after game. And they just got to figure out why it's happening on such a consistent basis all of a sudden. I think you look at the roster. They got the starters. They got the talent. Tyler Newbin, one of the best safeties there is. Uh, Danny Strigow, Tyler Baugh up front. They've been pretty sharp and solid. There's more talent in the secondary they can lean on. But they better figure it out pretty quick because Louisiana... They're averaging close to 40 points per game this year, and they're going to have their hands full once again this week.
0: Julia?
4: Yeah, I would say, obviously, this is a must win. It's homecoming. You got a ton of alumni coming into town. Um, it's the Raging Cajuns. Then again, this past weekend was such an inexcusable loss, you know? And I would agree. It's such a weird time for PJ to say something about NIL and he's been such a supporter of that but i i will i have a hot take that i don't even know if i should say on a podcast but the truth of the matter is and my dad would always use the quote it's not about the money it's just about the money right you should have cheated when you had the chance that's how these programs became huge powerhouses that's how it worked you know that that's how all these sec schools. I mean, I worked in recruiting in Alabama. I know how these things work. I know how they worked when it was illegal to do so. But the thing is you couldn't point a finger at somebody else because then they would point a finger right back at you. And that's mm. how it worked. I would also say, you know, there has to be some kind of, I, and I know that PJ wants his guys to really buy into the product that he presents to them. And they have this elite aspect and this, that, and the other. And, um, But it's just not working in terms of like really successful football. It's, it's just fairly mediocre. It's, it's the weird music at practice and like the pig squealing noises that they have going on when they're out there. And, and none of it's for, it's some kind of psychological thing that I'm sure he's researched a lot, but the truth of the matter is like, that's not what they're going to see on game day. And these are 18 to, I guess now 25 year old guys that you know, you just have you have to get you have to rehearse the exact same way that you're going to play on Saturday, and I just don't think that I've been to a lot of practices, and it's not something that they do. I think that there's just a lot of aspects that PJ should be talking to really successful coaches about and taking their advice on, and there has to be some kind of change in this program if they really want to see the success, the success that they constantly talk about wanting. And uh, I think the NIL deal thing, like. Sure, there should be regulations and there should be some kind of something because it's so new. But at the same time, like. That's something that you have to now work around and you've got to get over and you've got to figure out ways to navigate that as a coach. That's part of the job now. Um, So I, I just I thought that that comment was just a little like, well, you know, you knew how this thing worked before any of this was legal. So I don't know. It's a weird spot for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't think about this, but I think one of you guys made the comment about they might not go to a bowl game, and now I'm looking at the schedule again and realizing Northwestern was the one I counted as a win. Yeah, it's going to get tough because they only have two wins right now. They were supposed to beat Northwestern to have three. The fourth would have been Louisiana Monroe. The fifth and sixth would have been Michigan State-Purdue. I think those were the six people are counting. Illinois, Ohio State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Iowa. Of those five, one, two, three, four, five, they got to try to win one. They got to try to win one. And so they got to win one or two now because of the loss. And so I don't know where it's going to come. They have had some success with Wisconsin the last couple of years. It is home after Thanksgiving. So maybe Wisconsin will be all full up on cheese and turkey. Uh, But they got to find a way to win. They don't want to come down to that last game being five and six. And beating Wisconsin means they go to a bowl game. Because one, even if they beat Wisconsin, I know everybody's going to be excited. But they're going to be like, look, you guys just went six and six. Chill out. Two, five and six is just negative connotation because at that point you're losing to Ohio State of the last game. So you can't finish the season off with two losses. Ohio State, now again, I beat Ohio State when they were number four in the country. Here we are again. They beat Penn State when they were number four in the country. It's not, under and in the horseshoe, I did it in in, in the horseshoe as well. So it's not to say that it can't happen. They do have the weapons. Hopefully Brevin Span four by that point in the season has figured out how to be a weapon but it's going to be tough sledding for the Gophers and they have to get it done really quickly before we get out of here. I know Julia has been waiting for this one. She's been clamoring for this. How excited are you about the possibility of Taylor Swift showing up to us bank stadium to cheer on her man, Travis Kelsey.
4: I would die. Actually. (laughs) (laughs) I would literally legally. die. I would pass out um oh my gosh i don't see it happening i just don't i think she's a very busy Uh, woman the reason she's going to the new york jets game is because she lives in new york um i if if that is even true but she does live there uh i don't see her coming to minneapolis no but if she did man it would make my whole year i did go to her concert at us bank and it was the best thing ever i didn't get the hype until i went and i was like oh my god this is amazing um but if she was there, I just wouldn't know what to do. I wouldn't know how to be like a normal person. I know I wouldn't meet her or anything, but I just I just love her. Mm.
3: I, I wouldn't know what to do with my hands. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, like, Hi, Taylor. I'd be Hi. in
4: the press box and I'd be like, I don't Hi. So uh, She my just looked at like me. Did her. she
3: just look at me? I think she's yeah. just looking at me. Um, <laughs> if she does come, you got to pull out all the stops to get her to blow the horn, right? Like, that's a must, yeah. right? Like, can you imagine Taylor Swift blowing the Gjallarhorn to kick off that game versus the Chiefs? That'd be incredible. Um, yeah. I'm with you, Dale. Doesn't seem likely. I don't know what Vegas has put it at as far as the odds go, but it seems like a long shot. I know, as you mentioned, she was just here playing in front of 120,000 people at U.S. Bank and back-to-back nights in total. But, um, yeah, I'm not counting on it, but, man, that would be pretty cool. That would be pretty epic
0: yeah I'm, I'm i'm saying like yeah just for us to be on the map for people to talk about the vikings and the, and the chiefs all week and mainly taylor swift being there um that would be cool um i would i mean like we've even i've even told her she can come on the vikings pregame show like feel free she can come on the post game uh fan line she can come on the locked on postcast she can do whatever she wants um but yeah i don't i don't think she will come either but I mean, they, they've they've already told her. Look, we have a secret entrance where the owners get to come in. You can get driven right in underneath, so it's not you know it's not as uh, public as the Chiefs is. So she can come right in underneath, go up the elevator, be right in Quasi Suite, and then go right back down and head out. You know, give maybe Travis Kelsey a smooch underneath the tunnel, and then get up out of there. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the Swifties would be at an all time high because I know they do love her concerts. Uh, but I'm Ron Johnson. That's Julia Daniels aka the taylor swifty um that's luke inman and we had sam extram on the show earlier want to thank everybody for joining in and listening Thank you for downloading, subscribing on YouTube. Uh, for those that are on Amazon Fire and Roku, we thank you. Continue to download, share, comment, like, and also Twitter and Instagram. We interact with you guys. Uh, but stay tuned every week, four days a week. The Minnesota Football Party. Got the Ron Johnson Show. We got some good guests coming up the next two weeks. We got uh, Jack Henderson from the Gophers. And we got Tom Pelissero. Tom Pelissero is gonna give us some breaking news after the chiefs game because i wanted to save him for after the possible taylor swift sightings because i know if anybody knows tom Pellicero is going to know where taylor was at the time of travis kelsey's entrance into u.s bank stadium uh and, and then of course uh we, we got the friday round table and then po- after every game gophers twins vikings please check out our postcast is great post game analysis from all of our insiders but i'm ron johnson as julia dames as luke inman i want to thank you guys and have a great weekend